welcome to a new series of Foam Talks. I'm Amli Schüle, curator and head of public practice at Foam. It's my pleasure to introduce you to Foam Talks, Kusmet edition. Kusmet is a multi-year project with a focus on Turkish visual culture, organized by Studio Polat and Foam. The first episode of the series welcomes photographer Cemre Yeshil. Her long-term project Double Portrait is currently exhibited at Makam, a creative space located in Amsterdam West. The exhibition is Kismet's first public presentation. Chamber will be in dialogue with Ahmed Polat, director of Studio Polat and co-curator of Kismet. The two will speak about their professional connection, Chamber's extended artistic practice and the Turkish photography scene. Chamber, Ahmed, take it away. Hello, Chamber. It's good to have you. Hello, Ahmed. Thank you. How have you been? You just uh, returned from uh, your opening here in Amsterdam. At, uh, you had an exhibition at uh, Makam. Uh, which is connected to foam. Um, yeah. I'm very curious how, how it went. It was super nice. It was such a nice experience with a beautiful team, very hardworking, very uh, perfectionist. So it was a super nice experience for me. I'm super glad. Was it your first um, exhibition after the, after the lockdown? Uh, no, actually, the, the, the very first exhibition of the same work was right after the uh, first opening uh, after the lockdown in Turkey. Uh, but yeah, it was yet still as uh, ex- as exciting as the first one for me. Yeah, that's cool. I look forward to. Yeah, we will discuss a little bit more about your new work. But you know, I also want to go dive back into a little bit of history because we've we've met a long time be- uh, ago in Istanbul. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm I'm also curious to hear more about what's going on in Istanbul at this moment. Um, but I, I believe that um, uh, we known each other from I think this. Kind of a workshop or a lecture which was uh, done at uh, Galata. Galata Photography. Yeah, it was still when I was still a high school high school student trying to learn photography, and I think you were the very first artist uh, who I went to listen in a place because it, I was still too young trying to figure out, you know, how these things work, how photographers produce work. So I think you were one of the first photographers that I listened like live to understand, you know. Uh, the the essence of of, of of making photographic work in a way, so yeah. <laughs> and 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 who, that's kind of cool to know. I didn't even know because I I still felt uh, at that time as a young. I still feel as a young photographer. You are. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I hope to keep. I hope to stay I'm, that way. I'm you know? just a, just a little bit younger than you. That's it. <laughs> yes. Okay. I allow that. That's fine. No, but. Uh, I think I remember I was invited by uh, one of my old friends, early friends in photography, Orhan Jemcetin. Uh, yeah. Um, I believe you know him as well. Yeah, he was actually the a key figure. I think that I decided to become a photographer and study photography in university. So it's great that you mentioned his name, uh, because I think he is uh, really he is the person who really influenced me, and I was so lucky to have him as my photography teacher. That you know, I also didn't know him back then, but I just randomly registered to a photography course, uh, uh, and then he was actually teaching there. So I was immediately very impressed by his approach and his understanding of photography. And I still, you know, even today when I do something, he's always one of the you know mentors. I still go and show the work and get feedback on, 
or it's not only to do with photography, anything that I feel like, you know, that I need to express myself better. Even, for example, if I translate something like this latest book, Double Portrait, the Turkish version was translated by him. So it's not only a photographic di um, dialogue we have, I must say, but he's like a, such an important figure in my life. <laughs> it's so interesting to hear. Do you know that he um, is also a very important uh, figure in my life? Um, as a photographer, and uh, especially somebody who uh, questions photography, you know, and I think I see some uh, similarities about this questioning for the photographic narrative that he started for me uh, many years ago with his work. Um, um, but I also see some of that in your work um, when it comes to how you, you know, analyze and research photography as a medium itself. Is that something I could, yeah, do you feel that that's, that, that he had that influence on you that way? Yeah, for sure. Because why, you know, why I, re I was really interested in his way of thinking about photography is because he also approached it from really different perspectives. Like for example, you know, he would just come to class and make, make us, I don't know, offer an exercise that looked like it has nothing to do with photography, but deep inside it was very much related. So I think his way of teaching really gave me uh, you know, to think further about, I don't know, being more critical and looking at from different perspectives or, you know, thinking beyond what an image offers by, you know, visually only. So it was always beyond what you see. Um, so, yeah, I am definitely very influenced by his, uh, you know, his approach and his, his way of questioning photography. And I think this is also rare to find you know for me at least when i was trying to learn photography i also had other teachers but uh, you know not everyone approached it in this way i must say no you had uh, you had a lot of like a traditional kind of this uh nat geo uh documentary black and white uh, photography uh a lot of masculinity uh, within <laughs> photography if i if i may say so yeah. And and he had a rare kind of different intellect, also very very um, empathetic and soft spoken. And I think there was also, and maybe at that time it was very interesting. There was this, um, yeah, you had this traditional school, um, but I think around that time of the uh, Galata Fotografan, I said there were more different voices coming up, and they were kind of like hosting different kind of talks and having uh, alternative exhibition spaces. Exactly. Um, yeah. Do, do you feel, I mean, if we talk about, this is, I think, 15 years ago, right? Or was it longer ago? Uh, I think, I don't know, when did I graduate from high school? Uh, <laughs> it's been quite some, almost 20, yeah, 15, 20, something like that. So how, how would you describe your first experiences with the whole scene, art scene, photography scene at that time in Istanbul? Because, you know, I have a lot of good memories of that, but I'm curious to hear how you uh, perceive that. Well, I mean, <clears throat> before, when I was younger, I think I, uh, I had quite a lot of difficulty to find a space for myself in this, uh, you know, art scene. Also because it's quite limited, I must say, uh, you know, in terms of galleries or festivals or, I don't know, any platforms to, you know, to come together and, and produce work or talk about it or share it. Uh, so in a way, the limitation still continues. <laughs> But I think I was lucky uh, to find, 
you know, other platforms for myself. For example, I mean, you know, you've been there. I have this bookshop and uh, workshop space in Istanbul called Philbooks, which also became a publishing house. So, for example, you know, I, I initiated this because I felt like I, I needed a space like this. So, in a way, um, it was lacking for me. I don't know, you know, I hope it also, this is how uh, I hope that other people feel the same way about the space. But in a way, I mean, there was one other photography uh, bookstore, Espacia Inavi, which I kept going in Galata, but then it was very hard to survive. So, I mean, coming back to your question, um, because as a, as a young uh, artist, it is, it, I think it is much harder to, to find a, a place for yourself in the art scene. But also, you know, we have little magazines or I don't know, like platforms such as Gapo, for example, Genishetsu project, project Office, who always initiates, you know, kind of, I don't know, tries to pre come with projects that involves uh, young photographers or galleries such as Mixar Gallery. And I could also kind of um, add an anecdote about it because it's quite, uh, it's something on my agenda. But uh, yeah, galleries like Mixar Gallery that kind of always have spaces for younger talents. So, you know, we always have something, but in a way it always still feels like it's not enough. And I, I really value, you know, that we need to, I don't know, like artists that are a little bit more emerged should always kind of give a hand or help to younger people. I think this is very crucial because I had people who also helped me with that and I, I'm also trying to do it. And, you know, like how you helped me also, I think, uh, was, you know, kind of the same idea in a way to support each other. <laughs> now, you, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there and and what you're saying there's so many things there it, it, at that time yes there was nothing it was almost like a bare uh, wasteland in the sense of artistically there was a lot of potential there was a lot of uh, the youth was there you know and and like yourself a young and up-and-coming artist they were just finishing schools were trying to connect to some kind of scene but there wasn't any yeah. or we would say it was just starting in a way you know, there was uh, small spaces, little spaces, new. I think there wasn't even a, a museum at that time with, uh, uh, I think Istanbul Modern became the first uh, modern museum that had their uh, gallery uh, specifically on, on photography. photography. Yeah, but there was, like you said, you, so let me go back to one of the things you said, because you kind of said, because there was nothing, I initiated my own space. And and that that became your your corner bookstore mm -hmm. called Field Books, and it it's it's a lovely place. And for people who don't know Istanbul that well, where where does it lie? In which area did you did you uh, position this uh, bookstore? It is in Karaköy, uh, which is by the water in the European side, uh, very near to Taksim, which is kind of the center of Istanbul. Um, and you know it's it's been changing a lot uh, lately in this last I don't know five six years, um, but it is you know it is a place where also it's I wouldn't say it's touristic because also a lot of people local people although it's not a residential uh, area, uh, very nice cafes little shops and now there is this huge uh, project called Galata Ports uh, which brings like huge ships uh, by the coast so you know we have a circulation there. But it's also, you know, difficult to survive there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, um, it is it is also quite nice. And what makes me quite happy is that it is close to a couple of universities. So a lot of, 
you know, young students, uh, people who are, you know, studying art or photography or design also come by and, you know, they come sometimes bring their books and say, hey, can I put it here? And of course, we always try to accept it. So, you know, in a way, and it's very such a small space, <laughs> but still, uh, I think um, it matters, at least for me. Uh, and also kind of, you know, you said, uh, coming back to the question, maybe I should also correct that there are to not to say there was not there wasn't nothing there was a couple of things like for example when it comes to Istanbul modern uh, there was a board a photography board there and Orhan Cemchetin was one of the board members and you know they were a couple of uh, I think projects that really actually helped not only to me but also other photographers like there was one exhibition called Close Quarters which gathered young photographers and I was one of them and back then I was living in London and I came for this exhibition to Turkey so it was such a important uh, event for me and thanks to Senacha Kırkaya who was the photography curator of the museum back then she, I think she's also an important figure who really looks at young people and, and how they communicate their work. And I think she's also an important young curator who contributed to, uh, you know, recent photographic history of the, of the, of the museum. So, you know, I, I just didn't want to say there was nothing because then maybe I might be, you know, um, I, I didn't want to underestimate the efforts that some people put it uh, put in, you know, put in. Oh, no, I think, but it's, it's good to, you know, it, it, it felt in many ways uh, it was difficult because there was a lot of, um, uh, you know, growing pains. You know, I would say that. That's true. Uh, you know, and, and growing growing up and working in Istanbul as you did, but also, you know, uh, you, you're from originally from Istanbul. Yeah. Um, right. And but you also traveled abroad to to kind of like go and follow your own uh, voice and find education. Yeah. And, and then going back again, you know, and I think for myself, you know, I grew up here in Holland, but I went to Istanbul to kind of like uh, get acquainted and growing up there as an artist. Yeah, it's uh, a city just, that always calls you back, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. It is. It, it, there's a love and hate, you know, and it's and you have to. Yeah, you have to. Um, how, do, how do you say that? You have to enjoy the process because that's what it is. It's not it's never easy. But for. Uh, and, and before we go into the more artistic or side of your work, um, more on the practical side, you, you have been able to kind of combine um, your uh, your research, uh, your publishing, uh, but also creating a kind of a community sense. Because when I just coming back to your little uh, corner in uh, Karake, um, it's, it's a wonderful oasis, you know. You you walk through all these little streets. Uh, you're close to the waterside, and it's probably not always easy and practical. But then you have this little corner, wonderful cafe, good coffee, by the way. I always thank enjoy you. Going to have coffee, <laughs> and then you also have um, little workshop because it's like two or three layers. Yeah. Uh, downstairs is books that special books, and also um, you know artists uh, printed books you, you always find something different than something new that you've been collecting from Turkish artists but also internationally and then you do workshops and host things as well can you can you talk about that how how that evolved and how important that is for your yeah. uh, practice well actually it is it was quite important but you know of course COVID was a huge uh, I don't know like uh, it was a big thing for us because it also because we are small as a space you can host a lot of people I mean we did just one event after COVID like a physical event 
which was a book launch in Turkey. But, uh, you know, I valued uh, a lot, but I think it became more and more difficult. So for now, for at least, I mean, after the COVID, it became like a less, uh, less important for us. It had to be. And also, uh, you know, there was just like too many other things going on. So it wasn't like the primal thing uh, that we put on our list uh, to do's. So yeah, but I really want to continue it at a, at a further stage, perhaps not now, but maybe later. But will you, if we go back to, uh, not currently, but go back to, like, Fotografanes in Galata was this kind of event where they were um, just invite artists to speak. And uh, was that kind of a model that you took as well to, uh, to say, like, well, that's what we can do or we can build on that? Well, I mean, not specifically to, to Galata Fotografanesi, but for example, I think, especially when I was living in London, I don't know, probably like two or three times a week, I would always go to photographer's gallery to, you know, to go to join a book lounge or to, to listen to an artist talk, because in a way, for me, it was almost like continuing studying in a way that, you know, I love being a student. And although I teach, you know, it, I, I like this, I don't know, educational uh, sharing, let's say. So, um, you know, and when I was in London, I think I also kind of took it almost like a, a practice in my daily life that I would go and listen people talking about their work because it would just feed my soul and all sometimes inspire me and, you know, make me learn things. Um, but, you know, it, it wasn't only like artist talks, like we had a couple of book signings, for example. I mean, even Martin Parr was one of them uh, when he came for the Istanbul Photography Book Festival. So, um, yeah, I mean, I didn't take any models, I must say. But in a way, of course, I think in the end, it was a collection of all these experiences and other events that I attended. I tried to probably learn things from them so that I could kind of, you know, do similar things. You just mentioned another uh, partnership in Istanbul, which is, uh, uh, can you tell me about that? Because you do partnerships, right, with other organizations in Istanbul. I mean, we, there were like, I wouldn't call it like a big partnership because we were just like an, a participant to the festival, if you if you mean the Istanbul Photography Book Festival, uh, which was organized by FOAM. It was a unit in Mimar Sinan University. Uh, they also be used. They used to be more active. I'm not really familiar with their like final, uh, you know, positioning. Uh, and the festival didn't happen for a couple of years now. So um, yeah, I mean, I don't have too much to say on this. But you know, I think they had two uh, or three uh, years of festival. It was quite a small one though, but it was still nice. We just, I think, what was lacking was the local people. And also we have, for example, now borderless art book fairs. It's not photography, like directly photography related, but I think they also do a nice event. And, and who are they? Borderless art, of, uh, art borderless book? art book days. It's uh, it's an artist, uh, Huwa Roof and uh, Melek. Um, it's like a duo that they do this uh, together. So you see a lot of these uh, small initiatives, right? Yeah. And and I've seen that through the past. 15, 20 years. Um, is it, I mean, I think, is it one of the biggest challenges? And this is probably a question that I'm already answering with the way I'm questioning it. Is, is, is it hard to find continuation uh, and longevity? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, uh, same with Istanbul Photography Festival. Uh, Photo Istanbul, sorry, I, I named it wrongly. Um, and I guess it has to do a lot with budgeting as also thinking the economy of Turkey 
uh, in a way, you know, it's just difficult to get funding and, uh, you know, also some cultural things that I don't think it's helping to organize these difficult events when it kind of, you know, because you have to work with municipalities or governments or a lot of boundaries in a way. But um, yeah, so I wouldn't say it's too, you know, sustainable to do it in, in Turkey, unfortunately. But I really hope that this would change in in, in near future. <laughs> it's kind so of my, my, sorry to interrupt. It's kind of my dream to do like a photography festival when I grow up a little bit more, but not, not yet. <laughs> We have to be patient a little bit, huh? Yeah. Be patient, we always say. But um, so so <clears throat> coming back to your exhibition you just did in Makam, like uh, how important is um, having these exchanges going from Istanbul and going abroad and 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 doing uh, such a project, uh, for example, here in Amsterdam? Uh, well, it is super valuable for me. Um, like, firstly, I mean this specific work that I that I'm showing now at uh, Makam at Forum, it's. Uh, I think it was the most painful thing I did in my entire career and even in my entire life because it was such a long-term project and um, it started 10 years ago. So, uh, and it started as a PhD research. So back the reason I was living in London, it was, you know, uh, just as a B plan, but if I suck as an artist, how do I make a living out of it? I thought I need to just have a, you know, backup plan or a B plan. And I thought, you know, I already, uh, I was already teaching in universities, but I wanted to guarantee that teaching job. And I think this was kind of the main essence that pushed me to uh, the, you know, the academia even further. Uh, but also, also because I liked researching and writing and reading about, uh, you know, uh, the things that I were interested in, that I was interested in doing. Um, but yeah, because it was, uh, and then after five years, I, I quit the PhD. Um, and the work kind of, you know, started in my investigation of um, what makes a double portrait, what is a double portraiture. Like I was very interested because if there's one photograph of a, of, of a portrait of someone, you know, it is about uh, having some reflections about the character, about the personality. So it's very individual. Whereas when you have two people, it's not only about representations of these two singular um, characters, but it was also about the relationship being represented. And I was like very interested in that third element that's coming in, in the, you know, in the essence of image when there are two people in it. And this was my main, you know, the very initial uh, kind of research uh, interest. And then I came across with this hidden mother photographs from 19th century, which is, um, you know, also there are some other artists who worked on this uh, archive, this archives, but I started collecting the hidden mother photographs where you would see a baby in the center of the image and you would see a second person holding the baby, uh, but always um, covered with a fabric, a piece of cloth. And uh, the reason that it, this has been done is because because it was long exposure, the babies can't stand still during exposure time, which was you know likely to be like 20, uh, 15 minutes or, or so. So somebody had to hold the babies. But, and although all this kind of composition is done out of the naivety of photographer, as if, if you put a cloth on top of a person, uh, you know, is she kind of disappearing? No. So for me, it was like the other way around. It was making the mother more like almost like bolder for me and I was I wasn't concentrating on the baby but the mother almost kind of you know depicted as a black mountain at the background 
so you know this was two people in in one frame but um so i was kind of um you know this i use this hidden mother tradition almost like a contextual framework to 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 dive into what i just explained about double portraiture but then this this was kind of the uh, the, the start of the uh, phd work and then it became much more complicated that it in a way it turned into a manifestation of togetherness while paradoxically creating a space to think and cope with the mother's absence so uh, but anyway, coming back to your question, without perhaps going much more detail into the, the body of work, uh, I, it just for me it was such a long and painful process to finish because after I quitted the PhD, that I thought you know this is not the right place to continue this work. Uh, I stopped working on it for almost two years. I felt so bad about it because I didn't know how to resolve the work. So I was like, mm, you know, how do I finish this? I ignored it for two years. And then after I became a mother, it, I think that new perspective, the new experience kind of gave me a courage. And also my son gave me the courage to go back and resolve the work. And, and, uh, and thanks to COVID, I was able to do that because, you know, suddenly I was locked in the house and I had all this free time and space. And, uh, and I had a wonderful team with me to work on this project, uh, a designer and a, a, a lovely editor who was another, who is another important figure in my life when it comes to photography. So also thanks to them, I was able to resolve it. And now for me, seeing the work exhibited in Flams Makam, it is really, um, priceless. It's uh, it's so uh, it's 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 wonderfully. I don't know. It's, it just makes me so happy. <laughs> and, and, no, I can see there is also uh, a lot of warmth when you talk about the people that helped you during this process. And I think, you know, um, uh, yeah, we we are we went or we are still going through a very interesting uh, time frame when it comes to the pandemic. We have to stand still, and uh, what do we have? And what do we do with that? And, uh, or did I leave something behind that I still have to look at? And, and, and uh, photography can be this amazing uh, tool uh, um, to kind of like, you know, um, go back and, and, and look at things again and, and open things up or things that you, you were just saying, like, you know, it was a very hard project for you, maybe on practical levels, but probably also on, on a more on a more probably more on a personal level i guess yeah definitely <laughs> can you could you elaborate on that a little bit or yeah sure well i mean the, the very first difficult part was uh was the i think the academic uh, jail that i was in this is how i felt uh i mean you know this is already kind of discussed in the book but uh i think i already mentioned this to you the the other week like when i was because it was also text and photography together it wasn't only photographic work i kept writing about what, my work and the research i did and um one of the supervisors which uh you know which kind of supervised me during my phd process told me that i was writing like a, an artist not like a researcher and I was like, okay, you know, am I supposed to choose one of these uh, roles? Because yeah, I am an artist and of course I should have an artistic voice. So in a way, you know, it wasn't only about the emotional struggle uh, that I was dealing with in my head about, you know, what would I do if when my mother died? You know, this was kind of the very core uh, question in my heart to, to produce this body of work, but in a way, 
also the, the methodologies I, I was using, which was, you know, research and text and this and that. Uh, I was also very much confused too about finding my own artistic voice because, you know, I was writing in a very academic language and then uh, it was still found, it was still found like, okay, you are lighting like an artist. I was like, yeah, I am an artist. So, you know, I mean, in a way, uh, that was uh, one of the struggles I had, I must say. So when I resolved the work, I had to rewrite everything from beginning and uh, that it, that I wanted the work, the text piece, to become very accessible to anyone. Um, so I had to get rid of a lot of things I wrote. I don't know how many pages of text I had in the beginning, but I had to, you know, kill my darlings also uh, textually. <laughs> Curious to, to, because this is sometimes, uh, um, I hear it a lot of times when it comes to international students coming to work and, and uh, follow, uh, uh, you know, some classes here in the West. Um, not only the language, you're just talking about an academic language, but do you also feel he or she, the prof was it a he or she, the professor she. that talked to you? It was a she that talked to you as you're, but you're talking like an artist. It was almost like talking down to that perspective. Uh, but do you also feel that there's also uh, a West, uh, like and an East kind of perspective? Uh, uh, if you understand what I'm trying yeah, to Yeah, I think I, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, I think uh, it was in a way, you know, when something is way too technical, it kind of loses its soul. I think it was, it had to do with that understanding a little bit. And I think in the East, like, you know, culturally, that is less uh, rep like uh, repressed maybe, whereas uh, whereas in, in the East, everything has to be like, you know, more in, in order. And uh, and maybe you know that was kind of uh, that maybe that was also one of the other reasons I found it a bit like suffocated. Um, yeah, I mean what you're saying is right. I think it was a little bit like overlooking at things. Uh, yeah, definitely. I think that you know, and 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 I don't want to put any words in your mouth at all. It's just kind of like it triggers a lot of thoughts with me that you know how do you explain what's going on in. So what do you, how do you explain what's going on in Turkey at this moment? And, you know, when I, when I look at it from a, a Western perspective at, in the country, then there, it is more technical, like you, like you just said. And, but when you're in there, there's a lot of stuff going on in between the lines. There's a lot of uh, sub-emotions or, you know, I would say sometimes much more um, on a spiritual level. There's a lot, a lot of other things going on and those things are not described or those things are not talked about or... It doesn't really fit the language that we use at the moment. Do you feel that being able to go back with your photography to a subject that you couldn't uh, research from here, but then being in Turkey, being stuck in in, um, in, in Istanbul, um, but you also said you you know you've also found some partnerships, people that helped you with that. Yeah. Can you describe that process and maybe you want to uh, say their names if you Yes, I would love mind. to say their names. Uh, the editor who actually, uh, I, this was our second time of collaboration, Gonzalo Golpe, who's an amazing uh, mentor and an editor that, you know, I didn't literally take classes from him, but I think my process of collaboration with him was more than any, any class really. Um, and the designer of the of the book, and also the website, uh, Marina Meyer. So they sometimes work almost like a a, a team, uh, and it's a great uh, match. 
um, well, the collaboration process was really life-saving for me because uh, I think they really understood the essence of my work. And in a way, as outsiders, they really, uh, you know, helped me to refine the work. And, and what I remember, Gonzalo, I think he's not only a, you know, a photographic person, he's such, such a, he always thinks about the reader. So when I kind of handed in all the pictures, all the texts I wrote, he told me, who is your reader? You know, it was a very simple question. He said, why did, why are you working this work? Uh, like, what is the essence of it? And I thought about it the, and it was like, I think it's my mother. And then he said, do you think your mother would understand this text? And I was like, no, it's way too advanced. You know, it's way, I mean, not advanced in a way that my mother is not capable to understand, but the language is very heavy. And then, uh, and then the whole book almost turned into a poem. So I think he was, you know, he was uh, almost like a, a facilitator for me to change my voice because also you know that some of the work was done in a PhD context some of the work was me fighting with the concept of PhD in art some of the of some of it was when I loved doing a PhD so I had different voices actually in the work but after 10 years I think I was able to kind of bring together all these different voices that it would still make sense in a coherent narrative um, so, you know, Marina Meyer, who, who helped me to kind of put these different voices, both visually and textually, in, in a, in a, in a, in a co coherent design, in a space visually, whereas Gonzalo also helped me to do it for with the selection of images, selection of text and editing. And also, I should also mention uh, Federica Chiocchetti, the photocaptionist, who helped me with text editing. So, you know, thanks to the three people, I was able to do it. I think otherwise I would be still stuck in my uh, crisis <laughs> without resolving it. So, uh, yeah, I almost see them as partners in this work. I think, yeah, the way you describe them, they are. And, and, and they definitely... So that's also like how... Kind of like saying how important it is to have these right support systems, friends, people that listen, ask the right questions, know how to... Definitely. handle the information that you're bringing it's it's so important um so now uh, having uh, published the book of course now you're looking at uh, spaces and now you're looking at uh areas where to um, exhibit it um and you just said that we've you have exhibited for the first time in, in istanbul uh and during the, can you how, how was that uh when you exhibit this work for the first time it was uh, for me it was very exciting of course and it was in a gallery called uh, Milli Reusserans Art Gallery which is uh, I would say an unconventional space it is very classic it is like it's almost like a time travel when you go to the building because uh, I don't know it, it everything looks like they were from uh, I don't know 80s or 70s uh, and actually what I did, uh, I knew the gallery manager and one day when I was driving out of nowhere, I called her I, because I wanted to finish this work. And I said, hey, I have a work that I need to finish, but I think I need an anchor to finish this work. And then uh, she said, like, you know, send me the work. And it was before, you know, like three years before the opening because everything was planned in, in, in advance. And uh, so, you know, they liked the work and they said, okay, we'll plan it for 2021, which was, you know, I had three years to finish it. Uh, 
and but of course still the pandemic helped but as a space it was also a difficult space it was uh well, the exhibition in Milieu Restaurants was also very important for me because I also loved it as a space and it's a very uh, unconventional space. You know, it's kind of underground and uh, it is in the middle of the city in Nishantashu. Uh, and it is like a time travel because everything, when you get inside, it feels like you are, you know, in uh, you, go, you go like back to 70s or 80s. Um, so, but it was also a very difficult space. It was like a, a cold space and the work was very warm. So, you know, the idea was a little bit about warming the space too. And before, you know, we kind of came to the stage, I knew the gallery, like the gallery manager. And before the exhibition, like uh, maybe two, three years ago, I called her and said, hey, I have a work that I really need to resolve, but I think I need to an anchor point to resolve the work. And I sent the work to her. And, and she really liked it and uh, and she said, okay, let's do it, which made me so happy. Uh, so, you know, I knew that I was gonna exhibit work in 2021, sometime in spring, but I had no idea how uh, I'm gonna do that yet when the exhibition was already kind of planned. Um, but it is a beautiful space. And I think uh, because it is not like a commercial gallery, is it kind of functions differently it also gave me a great flexibility that i you know it, it it also financially supported the exhibition uh but i knew that i mean if you if you go to the office of the gallery you would just see all this like postcards with exhibitions in the last 20 years and i was just so happy to be included in that series because you know you see some great artists there which i would be dreaming of to you know to be on the same wall together so I think uh, in a way it's a very important institution in Turkey although of course like all the other institutions they have their own problems um, but still like out of my experiences with institutions and galleries in Turkey I think it was my best experience so far uh, also due to, you know, how how the two lady, Ayşe Gür and Elvan Tekcan, they, the way they run it, I think it's very, uh, very nicely done. Um, and in terms of, again, coming to the the, uh, the installation and kind of designing the space, it was, as I said, it was a quite cold space. Uh, but we worked through ways to kind of, you know, turn it into a, uh, to kind of, break that coldness, make it warmer, and also use that, I don't know, limitations of space in a way that they would help the narrative. Like it is quite a big gallery and we had this living room space like we had in Makam as well. But in that space, for example, it looked more like an installation, whereas in Makam it becomes really like a, a part of the living space. Uh, whereas in the other one, you had a little bit like a church feeling you know you sit down it's very still it's very cold it's very sterile and and, and um, yeah so and yeah so i know the space itself as well like you described it is and it's a very interesting setting uh as well with all the restaurants uh or like going downstairs and it's and nishantash is like the like the rich area the posh area of istanbul and but then you know you have makam which is like a totally different kind of space a much warmer it's almost like in a living room you're going into the living room it's not an installation it, it feels like a living room um how how do you feel like how do you compare first of all you kind of like talked about describing the difference of installing it but also how do people perceive it or how do you feel that they the work is perceived and is it different from the two locations 
Milieu Restaurants Gallery. It's it's a big space and it's a cold space at almost and the installation where we had this living room, for example, uh, felt more like an installation compared to Makam. Um, and you know, when you would go and sit down in that living uh, space in Milieu Restaurants Gallery, it felt almost like you know that feeling you have when you sit in a church or something because the space is big. Whereas in Makam, it's completely different. And so, I mean. And I know the both. I know both of the spaces. Like you know, uh, like you said, the the gallery in, in Istanbul is in Nishantashi, which is like like, you know, you have these restaurants there. It's like this really posh and exactly. It has this really classical vibe where people are sitting outside with beautiful lights, and but it's a very posh area. Versus we have Makam, which is really it feels like a, a real living room. You're getting into the space. It's quite open, and it's a totally different setting. Would you? say that also that people perceive the work different that come to the gallery and come to the exhibition because you have a way to compare those places well i think um a little bit of yes a little bit of no because i think i mean i'm showing the same work so the essence is still the same but of course in makam i mean where the living space is you just have a kitchen behind it so this living room idea it's, it's, it's pushed even further and I love the fact that people actually, you know, they were sitting on a table before and with the installation there and now they become a part of the installation even more. And it is a place where, you know, people, when they pass by uh, from the building, they come and say hello. So it really feels like home to a lot of people. And I really actually, you know, like this fact that uh, the exhibition lives in a, in a very lively environment. Let's talk about where you are right now, like after finishing all this work. And this is quite a big chunk, you know, it's, it has a, it's a very important work for you in essence, because it has a, a history and, and we're just going through a, a very huge time shift. So, so where do you go from here? Well, to be honest, I want to pause a little bit because I really feel exhausted. And, uh, you know, Double Portrait, uh, like before Double Portrait was uh, was printed and like Freddie as a, as a body of work, just before six months ago, I also uh, published another book with Ghost Books in, um, in Britain. So, you know, with those two books, I am traveling quite a lot in festivals and kind of making exhibitions all around, which is super nice, of course. I really enjoy it. And this was my plan, you know, to travel with these two work and to show it. So this is currently what, I, what I'm doing. And I think it looks like uh, this, you know, this 2022, uh, it's going to be like this too, because I have already kind of really nice festival uh, festivals coming in the summer to be attended uh, and to show the work. So, yeah, but I I mean, actually, I have a very rough idea to do what's next, to, do, to what to do next. Maybe I can very briefly speak about it. Uh, actually, I can speak about two things. Um, the, the more recent one is uh, that I am also very enjoying to work as a curator and to work with the works of other people. And actually uh, on 5th of March, we are opening an exhibition in Istanbul in Mixar Gallery, which I worked as a curator. Uh, and uh, we are showing works of 12 young artists, Turkish artists uh, about uh, the age of 30. Uh, so, you know, this is one thing. So although I'm now working on, on my work now, I am working with the works of other people, which I find, you know, 
very fun uh, and uh, I don't know, I love doing it. So this is the first thing that is kind of on the agenda and uh, a more long-term project that I want to do. It's actually still related to double portrait. Uh, when we were editing the work, there were a lot of discarded images that, you know, that I took thinking that the, the, the pictures belong to this work, but, you know, and the discarded images are more than the selected ones, of course. And uh, I am thinking about uh, a possibility to, to produce a second body of work out of this not selected images in relation to the, the father's absence, actually. So this work was to do with mother's absence. And then now, I, I also because my father is not in my life anymore, I thought that would kind of make sense, the absence of pictures and the absence of the father. You know, this is one thing I am thinking of exploring in the long term. And the second thread of this could also be, I am very interested in actually exploring works that are done by other artists that still kind of, you know, meditates about this relation, complicated relationship we have with our mothers and fathers together. Like what we did at FOM as a workshop, for example, kind of uh, related with this idea because I have it in, you know, it, again, it is a long-term thing uh, I, I, that I have as a plan, but uh, perhaps to, to, to make a publication or an exhibition that brings together works of artists that deal with, you know, this kind of ideas around uh, parenthood or, you know, parental issues, let's say, uh, as a curatorial uh, project. But I don't know, this is still very uh, a baby idea. <laughs> and at the same time, you're, you're having your own family and growing your own child and having all those responsibilities as well. Now, I think that uh, those are beautiful themes, you know, you're, it's a very natural uh, progression. And it is universal, isn't it? Like, I think... But also you as an artist that talk and discuss these kind of topics to now also host and make space for the younger artists, even younger artists than yourself, uh, to, to benefit from all your lessons and international travels and to help to find their voices and position their work. So I'm very curious to, to see your exhibition. In, uh, it's in March, you said? In, uh... Yes, in 5th of March, we have the, our opening. And uh, I'm very confident about the, the, you know, the works. It is, I think it's going to be a, I mean, hopefully this is how I feel. But, you know, it was a very, again, like a very meditative project that we met online. Uh, and we worked in Miro. So it was like, you know, it's a collection of not, not result bodies of work by very young uh, artists that kind of meditates about the, how, you know, how in a way it speaks, the whole exhibition speaks about the, the blues that came with this evolution that we feel in our bones with COVID. You know, it's not about COVID, I wouldn't say it, but it is about how we suddenly change, how the fact that, you know, we have to enter to each door with a coat, you know, or that suddenly we weren't able to hug each other. So and how this kind of created a collective memory. So this is what the exhibition is about to, to cut it short. Yeah, I think it's a beautiful topic. And I think it's a very current topic that we all need to kind of like reflect and like yourself said, uh, meditate on. And uh, mm. maybe this work and photography in this sense can help uh, slow down time and help you meditate and find new answers to unresolved issues. Um, yeah. Gemma, I want to thank you so much for uh, being here with, uh, with us. Um, thank you, fun. Ahmed. Yes, it's fun talking to you and uh, looking forward to uh, 
to see you again in Istanbul or maybe here somewhere else during your travels. Um, I believe your exhibition is still open here until May 20th, so people yes. can come and visit. And is it going to travel anywhere else after after this? Uh, nothing planned yet, uh, but hopefully, yes. <laughs> we'll see. We will follow you. Thank you so much. And we'll see you thank soon. You. Thank you, Ahmed. Thanks a lot. And thank you for organizing this great Kismet project. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Jemma. Thank you to our two amazing speakers for their insights. And thank you for listening. Kismet will launch more activities over the coming months, so keep an eye on our social media to stay updated. Gule gule.